What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. Booking games inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Good afternoon and welcome everybody to the Pinelaw Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino. Uh, well, in, in an effort not to bury the lead here, I'll get right to it. The Eagles win 22-16 and the most important two things in this are the, the Eagles get the number one seed and Jalen Hurts survive. Now, it was probably not the effort that most fans wanted, including this panel right here. And I'm Mike Bissonelli with Derek Hunt and Seth Joyner. But I'm going to chalk it up to this. I'm going to go positive today. And I'm going to say there was a shroud already over this game when the Giants announced they weren't going to play their regulars. So I think the Eagles played down to that level. But the most important thing is they now are the number one seed. They get a bye, and they're probably going to play the Dallas Cowboys the first time they play in the playoffs in a couple of weeks. And the quarterback, well, I don't know. He didn't look great today, but he, he emerged healthy. Guys, what was your spin? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, I didn't expect for Jalen Hurst to come out and look sharp today. That's not going to happen after, after the injury and after him missing the last two games. Listen, folks, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because, you know, while I expected for Jalen to be a little rusty, the rest of the team, I didn't expect to see that. Um, Darius Slay didn't look good. T.J. Edwards looked a step slow today. We got no sacks. We could not get Gardner-Webb on the ground. Many times we were in position to get him, you know, and he just kind of spun out and did something magical to get away. We didn't turn the ball over today. You know, we're talking about an offense and defense in totality that played the entire game today, the entire game. You know, and we just didn't – we didn't look like we're playoff ready. I mean, when I look at – when I look at San Francisco – and how they started off against the Arizona Cardinals, and then how they exploded in the second half of that football game. That looks like a team to me that's ready to peak and take off at the right time. I don't see that with the Philadelphia Eagles right now, and I wouldn't expect for the offense to be that way with Jalen out the way that he was. But, you know, D-Gun, to my point, you know, everybody said before the game started, oh, we ought to just turn the handball off. We ought to turn. What did I say? I said they're going to come out throwing it all over the place, and that's exactly what they did. They threw the ball nine times in a row before they actually turned no, no, the hand. No, no, ten. Ten. Okay, ten yeah. in a row yeah. before they actually turned around the hand and Miles Sanders the ball. Now, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I don't have a good feeling about what I just watched in a 60-minute game. The objective is to win the game, and they won the football game. They'll get the time off. Hopefully they can get their timing back. But under game situations, I would much rather have seen this team go out and handle their business in the first 30 minutes of this game and set everybody else down, look like a team that was on the ascension rather than a team that's flatlining at this point in time. Well, you had your starters playing against a bunch of, uh, I hate to say the word, but scrubs. Yeah. For the Giants. AYOs. Okay. You that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's politically incorrect. It is? AYOs. What are AYOs? All you others. All you others? Okay. I'll go with all you others. The bottom line is they got the win. They needed the win. They got the win. That's the most important thing. But if you look at the way this team has played the last four games, they've gone 2-2 two and two in their last four. They have not won the turnover battle in the last four when they were killing people in the turnover battle the last four. They did enough to get the job done today. 
I was hoping they would get their starters out of there before the fourth quarter, but out of necessity, they had to play their starters the entire game. And maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe they needed a wake-up call like this today. Listen, in a perfect world, you would like them to do what Seth said, which is to come out firing right away, put them away early, coast the rest of the game, maybe get a chance to rest your starter. I, I, I get all that. I always th think, though, that when, when a team announces that they're not going to be competitive, which is what the Giants did. I mean, let's face it. They said, we're not going to be competitive. We're not going to play our starters. I think that has a terrible effect on a team as far as playing on a razor's edge. And I know, Seth, it shouldn't, but I think psychologically it does. And, and they, saw, they saw Davis Webb, and they said, this guy can't possibly beat us. Now, I get the offense not being sharp, and, and, and that's troublesome because they don't have a lot of time to get it together. They have practice time to get it together when they face the Cowboys at home. I get that. But, but as far as not doing what we expected them to do, which was to come out charging, bury the Giants, look great going to the playoffs, give everybody optimism, I don't know if I could have expected that with the way the Giants set out to play this game with backups. No, listen, it's, yeah. it's pointless. It doesn't make any difference. You understand what was at stake in this game today, okay? Just understand that. You have the division, and you have the number one seed overall. I don't give a darn if they roll out a bunch of old ladies in wheelchairs. If you put 11 of them on the field, we're going to rack them up like pins and bowl but, them but over. But you know no, that no, happens. No, 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 no. Seth, no, you no, know it, it happens. No, it doesn't. It happened today no, with it the does Dallas not. Cowboys. No, it does not. Because you know what? That team over on the other side, they are still a professional team. Okay. They're not a professional team when they're, they're playing backups. Teams. Let me ask you, what was what was the score of the game? I mean, they're not a what was the score backups, of the what was the score of the game? It was twenty two six. Okay, so they were literally six points, one touchdown without the conversion. Away from the final score, it nah, was sixteen it does, to nothing. Does not matter. It does not matter. That's not what the scoreboard says. Okay, the scoreboard is what it is. Those two touchdowns, they did score. So you can't take that away from them. What you just call them? They played who today, D? I said scrubs. They played scrubs. He said AYOs. <laughs> All you of yes. my, my My thing is, they couldn't get to this guy named Davis Webb, who was running around like Houdini back there. They had a chance to, 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 to equal or break the all-time sack record. I thought they'd have at least six or seven sacks against a quarterback who has never attempted a pass in the National Football League, who has been in the league since 2017, who is back with the Giants for the second time after being with three other teams as well. And you could tell by his play, he was basically scared for his life, for the most part, probably thinking, I'm playing against a pass rush that's going to be coming after me all day. But as I say time and time again, you let a team hang around long enough and think they can win, sometimes they're going to jump up and bite you. Now, that didn't happen today. But I look at the way the Eagles have played the last four games, especially offensively. They're not the same team offensively that they were. Two of them Think were with Gardner Minshew. I mean, let's face no, it. Two, yes, well, but, so but Gardner had he had a chance to win that game in Dallas. Now, yeah, I, I get okay. it. You weren't complaining about the offense then. No, no, but I'm, I had questions. Okay, now who wasn't complaining about the offense? Yeah, I had questions about the offense. The, the offense was fine in, in Minshew's first start. They didn't win the game. They scored some points. They moved the football. Now last week they did not. 
Jalen Hurts is now back. Forget about what happened with Minshew. You got to look at what happens now. I get that. I get that. I agree. But, but that's not the question you just said. You didn't complain about the offense before. Well, we didn't complain about no, it in that felt, Dallas game. But we complained about we it after the Saints game. We fell all over ourselves because Gardner Minshew threw the ball damn near 40 times for 355 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. And we wanted to put all the blame on Quez Watkins for those two interceptions that really essentially cost the Eagles to lose that game. But it's not like he played stellar football in that game. He came way back down to earth last week. Jalen Hurts had to come back into the game this week to give the offense because there was no way on God's green earth that you could roll out Gardner Minshew for another game. Now, this is why the offense looked average today. If Jalen Hurts isn't a threat to run the football, and it was very evident that they told him, anytime that you pull it, if anybody gets within two yards of you, just go down, okay? Or, or throw it out of bounds. Or throw yeah. it away. When, yeah. you, when you take that dynamic away from this offense, then this offense is very, very, very I, I, average. I get it, but they were protecting him for that very reason that yes. offense was like that yes. today. They weren't, they weren't the Eagles' offense we were used to seeing because mainly they wanted to protect Jalen Hurts today. Okay, you want to protect him even more so, Mike? The Giants are giving up 145 yards a game rushing. Run the football. You don't come out and throw the ball the first 10 times in a oh, game. We say that every game, and you're we right do. about that. I, I, I agree the, with that. You, I agree. It's they a, just do that. Play the Saints, offensive game You plan. play the Saints defense that was giving up 132 a game. You're throwing the football the first two plays of the game, quarterback gets sacked. Hey, Mike. 145 yards a game. Hey, you're Mike. throwing the football the first yeah. 10 times in a game. <laughs> I got a tissue over here, man. I'm going to pat you off in a minute. Hey, you know what? I got, a, I got, a, I got an inside guy. They say they do that just to get on D-Gun's nerves. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It no, makes no, no sense listen, whatsoever. We talk, we talk about this all the time. Absolutely. How they, how they should run the ball. And I get it. The game plan was it didn't make any sense today. But to judge their offense now, I don't know what to judge. i got to be honest with you. It's his first game back. They were protecting him. He didn't have the threat to run. They didn't run a lot of RPOs for that reason. Now that they have a playoff game they're going to host. Do they have enough time? to get the offense back together with Hurts now having to do this in practice. Yes. No more, no more yes. game situations. He's got to now be sharp in practice. Will they be ready for that challenge? You're not feeling good about it? That's You're not feeling thing, good about that, it right that's, now? That's the thing that I don't like because let me tell you something. Teams have had an opportunity to look at what the Eagles do very well. Yes. And they're going to have an opportunity to prepare for what the Eagles do very well and be able to take it away, okay? So if you make the decision that Jalen Hurts is going to play, then play. Don't put him out there, you know, and just protect him all day long. But they couldn't because do that, Seb. Why not? Because you can't, the worst thing you can do is get your quarterback hurt by, you know by going reckless and I am so tired of this protectionism Wait. mentality because <laughs> but, that's what it is, but Mike. But hold it. Because they're, that's what they're, it is. If Hurts isn't playing, they're sunk. They Listen, can't take the chances of getting so you hurt. Make it, you make it seem like because they protected him this week, when they get to the divisional round, he's going to be well, fine. Well, There's no chance of being well, they, injured. They, is they, that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm saying they can't protect him at a playoff level. They had the choice to protect them going into this game. Then don't game. play him. Then don't play him. <laughs> if they didn't play him, they then lose this game him. today. Then don't play him. If they, if they didn't play him today, they Listen, lose this he game didn't do anything. He, hold on a second. He didn't do anything substantial with his legs today that affected this football game, okay? 
He, he ran. Just, he, he just he, wanted to survive it. He it was ran, clear. He ran the ball nine yards, and the majority of those were on scrambles where pass plays broke down for 13 yards, okay? So yes. if that's, so if that's the case, and he threw the ball 35 times for 20, yard, for 20 completions, 229 yards, and, a, and, and an interception, okay? Well, I mean, but you could not play him. You had to get him back in action. I know you had to get him back in action. I've been saying that ever since everybody was like, oh, don't play him into the division round. I understand uh, that. But football is not a game where you protect your players. You can't do that. You have to protect the no, quarterback. You no, you don't. Well, no, you this don't. This is the NFL. You, not you if can't your offense, win with a backup. Not if your offense is predicated hey, look, on your offense. Uh, not, not if your offense is predicated on your quarterback running the football. Because the rhythm and the flow and the tempo of this offense is skewed right now. And this is not what you we need to see with this team going into the playoffs. The divisional round. They're probably going to face the Dallas Cowboys in, in the division round Dallas. in week in week I, two. I don't, I don't think Dallas are gonna get past after the way they played oh, well, today. Hold on, hold on, hold on to these thoughts. Yeah. Right now, Seth, I'm afraid that Seth's gonna Smash his car after this show, so uh, I, I, Never I, that. I, I got to tell the people how you can save forty percent on car insurance right now. Here's a message from our friends at Delval. Hi, I'm Jim Mulebronner, managing partner at Delval Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! That's right. Save, save 40% on your car insurance, why don't you? All right, so now back to this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got something I want to say because I'm sitting here looking at the comments, man. I'm why so, are you paying I'm attention so, to that? Because I'm so damn sick and tired of, you know, people. Why are this, you paying attention to the comments? I, I want to make a comment. I am so sick and tired of people in this, in this protectionism mentality, okay? If you never played the game of football, then you don't understand what it's like to put that damn uniform on and go out there and risk your body and do what you do. You can't protect football players on the field and expect for them to go out and play 100 miles an hour. Because guess what, guess what you do now? The next thing you do, oh, look at him. He's out there, you know, going half-ass. No. The game is meant to be played full out, okay? And if you're going to play the game, then play the game full out. A guy can get injured at any point in time. Oh, we're going to protect him and make sure we get to the next round. Well, guess what? The first player of the game in the division round, he can go out and get hurt. Then what? Then what What have you accomplished? Seth, Seth hold on a second. He's, he's coming no. off a shoulder injury that's still healing, right? Okay, they didn't expect him to go 100 miles an hour today. That was the point, not to go 100 miles an hour to put himself at risk. The point today was to survive, win the game, get everybody healthy, including your quarterback, and get the number one seed. That's all they here, needed here, to do here's today. What I, here's what I, I thought going into this game. Once Brian Dayball announced that the regulars would not play and we knew the Eagles were going to play their starters, this was a game I thought the Eagles would get to work on some things and fine-tune some things that did not work well last week. I don't care if Minshew was in there or not. There's still an offensive and defensive concepts they needed to work on to get better. Like what? Like the RPO? Uh, no. Just efficiency, period. Okay. Outside of the second drive of the game, did that offense look efficient to you? No. Did because, the defense look they, efficient to you? They against, obviously did not want to run the full RPO set that they usually I get, run. I get that. Get you still work on certain things that you're going to have to try to do when a playoff game comes around. This offense, the defense looked jagged again today. Now, I said off the top, 
the bottom line was getting the win. But the manner in which they got the win today against a bunch of backups, it leaves a lot of cause for concern moving forward. I get it, but you know around the league, it's covering the league as much as you have. Yes. That there are certain teams that psychologically go, we're going to win this game anyway against backups. It happened to the Cowboys today, for crying out loud. Yes, it did. So it, it, that kind of thing puts it puts a shroud over the game. That's all I'm saying. So I, I don't know, if, Seth, I don't know if they're ready for the playoffs either. I'm not saying that they're ready for the playoffs. I'm saying what the Eagles' mindset today was, was to survive, win, and get a number one seed. And, and so, therefore, you can't judge what Listen, their offense was. The Giants and the Cowboys were locked into position. So they had the luxury to play their backups in the, in the football game. The Eagles had to play their starters today. Absolutely. Because they had to win this game. And my point is, if, if you have to do that and you're playing against the JV, how in the hell you only win this game by six points? Tell me. In retrospect, maybe the head coach says, you know what, I made a mistake being cautious. I mean, I don't know what he's going to say. He probably won't say that, but maybe he's going to think that during the week that See, maybe we well, didn't get enough out of well, Jalen Hurts. Well, well, come on. It, we, we need to speed up the, that process then because, you know what, two times in the last four weeks he didn't run miles enough, and he was asked about it in the press conference, and he said, well, you know, maybe I should have ran him more. We got to take a look at that, you know. The excuses. That, that are being made last week. Miles Sanders ran the ball twice in the first half. It's unconscionable. You can't tell me that as the head coach, you're standing next to your offensive coordinator, he's calling the plays, you get to hear what every coach on your staff is saying in their earpiece, and you know how many plays are being run. And, the, and your running back, your 1,000-yard rusher only touches the ball twice? And you have no remedy for that? Terrible. And then you come back I, this I week and you do it all if, over if again? If your offensive coordinator and your head coach come out and say today, tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday, that we've got to do a better job of, of, of calling plays, that's three consecutive weeks that they've come out and said Thank the you. same thing. Thank that you. we have to do a better job of calling plays, putting players. And I'm thinking, how did you do it so well up until that point, and all of a sudden now you're second-guessing what you're doing? I agree. That's a concern. And he probably needs to be pinned down on yes, that particular point. But that's three straight weeks, and that's but, but, a cause for concern. But, but, but here's the other thing. Put, put yourself in Sirianni's place. If he says, okay, let's play 100 miles an hour like we usually do with Jalen Hurts fronting the attack, and, he's, and he knows inside he's still not 100% healed, and he gets hurt in this game. How does he answer that? Because then you're telling your fan base, you just blew your chance at the Super Bowl by being greedy. That's what's going through his head. Is if, it not? If, maybe. If. I want to hear what he has to say. I can't wait to hear what you're he has to say if. behind this. Each and every time that you step on that field, it's an if that you can't get hurt. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk as a skunk, okay? Are we you all drunk anyway? You can't, you can't live your life and you can't play the game of football on ifs, okay? You're either all in or you're not. That's not just, when it comes to starting quarterback, okay. Seth. Okay. Not when it comes to let's, starting quarterback. If, you don't, have your let's, start, let's if you don't have this starting quarterback, let's you're see. There's, there, Listen, there's no, there's no doubt about it. But to my point, you don't play him if you have those reservations. You understand what I'm saying? Don't play him if you have those reservations. I think because, he wanted but, to because, ease him back in so he didn't have inactivity before he started that first play. I understand game. that. But, but there were plays in this game where Jalen Hurts could have ran the ball and gotten substantial yards and then got down. He was so petrified to run that anytime someone got within five yards of him, he sat well, down. Well, I, I think we also, have, we also have to give credit where credit is due. 
The Giants played. I don't care who was on. The Giants played. Well, they came they, out. They were, and they were disciplined. They didn't let him get to the outside. Think about how many times they forced him to chuck the ball out of bounds because they did not let him get that edge Begun. on them. Now, now, do you think other teams are not going to look at this film and I try agree. to defend him the same way? I agree. We talked about it when we played. But this is these are the things that happen when you get away from the things that you do best. True, true. And, and what is it this – listen, this team is built on the strength of their offensive line and Jalen Hurts' legs. And everybody else is a recipient of what comes off of that. Miles Sanders is a 1,000-yard rusher. You want to know right, why? Right. Because Jalen Hurts is so prolific at running the ball that you take guys away that opens up lanes and holes for him, okay? Right, right. When, you're running, when, when you're running RPOs and your safeties and your linebackers, their eye discipline is bad because you're so afraid that Jalen Hurts may take off with the ball. Guess what? A.J. Brown is one-on-one. Devontae Smith is one-on-one. See, so he's the linchpin for it all. But my point is, if you don't, if if they go into the divisional game and they go in with this kind of caution for Jalen Hurts, they're losing. Yeah, I don't think they will. Get, they're get losing. That, have if caution you when they go to that playoff. If you don't turn, game. if you don't turn him loose and let him play the style of football that he's played up I until this point, you have I no shot. I think the shot. whole idea is to turn him loose once the playoffs. Uh, I think I think they're going to turn him loose in two weeks. They don't have yeah, any that's choice. What I mean. They have no choice in two let's weeks. Let's take let's take a break. I hope he can and, turn uh, it back up. Let's get our uh, diamond debate. Devin Caney's going to join us with our diamond debate coming up uh, after this. Again, the Eagles win 22-16. They get the number one seed. They rest for a week, and the Cowboys are going to come here uh, for the first playoff game. It, it, it all depends on whether you think they're ready for that challenge now or not and whether you can, like, Project over you think the next Dallas two weeks. Is getting past well, the first week? I don't know you, what Dallas you is. You think doing. Dallas is getting enough, past the I got enough game? worries. It's the Eagles Pond the Hockey post game show back with the Diamond Debate after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans. We're cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney, and it is time for our Diamond Debate presented by Marks Jewelers. Marks is always hooking me up with the best stuff. As you guys know, every week I get to show off my bling. This week, uh, I know Valentine's Day is coming up. The holidays did just pass, but they gave me a cute little heart necklace, some hoop earrings, this bracelet. They're like really outdoing themselves. So if you need to get your significant other any jewelry, any gifts for Valentine's Day, go to Mark's Jewelers. They will definitely hook you up. All right, guys, let's get into our diamond debate this week. Uh, as we all know, the Eagles secured the number one seed in the NFC and the road to the Super Bowl now officially runs through Philadelphia. That being said, looking ahead, how far do you think the Eagles will make it in the postseason? 
Yes, given their performance today, yes, given their performances the last three weeks, but also throughout the entire season. Uh, options are divisional round, championship round, loss in the Super Bowl, win in the Super Bowl. Right now on Twitter, and if you're tuning in, you can go vote on Twitter and also on the community section on the YouTube channel. Uh, Super Bowl win is winning 56 percent uh 12 percent say a loss in the super bowl 19 championship round and just 11 percent say divisional round what do you guys think well uh, <laughs> there's so many ways that this can go in the playoffs and i keep yeah. saying that it's likely dallas if, you know, if you're looking at chalk dallas is the lowest remaining seat but but uh, you know i think the giants can actually beat the vikings which means the giants can come here i think the eagles are better than anybody they can play in their first playoff game do I think they're better than San Francisco even coming to Lincoln Financial Field? That's where I may draw the line. So if I'm gonna, if you're asking me for an answer right now, I would say right now I would pick them to lose an NFC title game. Okay. When you talk about San Francisco, this kid Brock Purdy has been a great story, one of the great stories of the NFL this season. But now we have to see what Brock Purdy can do when it when it, the intensity is magnified a hundred times, playoff intensity pressure is much greater than regular season intensity and pressure what the 49ers have done is surrounded this young man on both sides of the football with an incredible amount of talent can he come in here and get the job done if, if i'm playing san francisco i want to play them in my backyard and you're playing a third string quarterback i'm going to say the eagles if they get back to the football that we were accustomed to seeing them play yeah. most of this season they have the talent the depth and the versatility to get all the way to the Super Bowl. Mm. Much better to play two games than three games. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say they can, they're going to win the Super Bowl because on the other side, the possibilities are you're playing Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati, and both of those teams have great talent, great quarterbacks. But I do believe if they get back to where they were, not the last three games we watched, but where they yes. were, they have the skill set and the talent and the firepower on both sides of the football to at least get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Seth, what say you? For me, you know, it's a question of if. You know, if they can get back, like D. Gunn said, you know, to where they need to be offensively. I'm not worried about them defensively. I, I'm really not. I'm, I'm really alarmed by what I see and what I've witnessed over the last couple of weeks about them, how they played offensively. And the mindset of these coaches, mm -hmm. you know, to come out throwing the ball all over the place and then having to go back, you know, at the end of the second quarter or the second half and come out and try to establish the run game instead of establishing the line of scrimmage from Jump Street. Um, if they can't get back to where they were and San Francisco comes in here, you know, I don't think the way that they're playing right now that they can beat San Francisco. I'm just being frank about it. And listen, and and, it, yeah. and and D Gun to me, yeah. it doesn't have nothing to do with Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy is going to manage the game. Right. That defense is the defense. best defense yeah. in the NFL. Yes. And the the addition in the running game of Christian McCaffrey and his ability to get out of the backfield one on one against yes. linebackers. Yes. You know, or safeties. It, it's it's and then George Kittle's playing at George Kittle's level again. When you throw all of those pieces into the mix, what has to happen is this offense has got to be ready to be clicking like they were in, in weeks 12, weeks 13, and weeks 14 before, you know, the, the Washington loss. Yeah. You know, then they came back and they got it right the following week and then Jalen got hurt. 
And the next thing you know, the offense has been out of sync since then. If they can't figure out how to get it where it needs to be, you know, I believe that they're going to win the divisional round. I got real questions if it's San Francisco. And, and, and I don't care where they come, whether it's here, there, or, or anywhere for that matter. That team is dangerous. Here's my two biggest concerns. The health of Lane Johnson. If he doesn't yeah. play and they keep putting Jack Driscoll on that right side, that's a major problem. Get it set in your minds that Vontae Maddox probably won't be available. So whoever San Francisco or anybody else with any kind of speed has matching up with somebody in the slot on the Eagles, nine times out of ten, that's a win for the opposition. Yeah. Those two positions are vital to the success of this team. Now, if you're talking about moving my Lotta over to the right side and bringing in Andre Dillard, now you're talking about moving two-fifths of your offensive line. What kind of continuity are you going to have at that point because you haven't had to do it for much of the season? Mm -hmm. They only move one piece of the equation by putting Driscoll on their right side. And I'm telling you right now, Driscoll is not the answer on the right side. I'm Here's telling it, you, if Driscoll, I don't care who, what, what decision they make, if you can't get Lane Johnson to man his normal spot, right. you got problems. It's a major because, problem. Because Bosa's going to line up on Jack Driscoll and Drew off his face mask all game long. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And if you and if you make the switch that you're talking about and you take my lot and put him over it right and put Andre Dillard in, he's gonna line up on Dillard and be dropped and be dribbling dribbling, dribbling yeah. off his face mask again. Right, right. I'm telling you. You know, so when you when you put all of these things together, you know, the injury to Hurts, the non continuity, the injury to Lane Johnson. Put all these things together, the inconsistency and the stubbornness of this offensive staff to just do take the low-hanging fruit. When you're playing against teams that can't stop the run, run the damn football. Uh, and, here's and, why and, I, and, I and also allow, allow uh, your quarterback yeah. to manage the game from that point. I also worry about the 49ers coming here because I, I know in the playoffs, if you have to play on the road a lot, it wears you down a little bit. They're going to play two home games at the, as the two seed. So, you know, you, they roll at home, and they're going to come here with a lot of confidence. So they have to play one road game to get to the Super Bowl, and that would be here. Uh, I would like it a lot better if they had to take a harder route to get here right. than play the two home games and then get here. Because coming across country for, to win one game, the way this team plays defense, that travels. Well, they've won 10 in a row for a reason. They're very good at being chameleons and adjusting on the fly in terms of doing what is necessary to get the job done. They attack your weaknesses well on both sides of the football. If, if the Eagles, again, I can't say this enough, if they get back to what we grew accustomed to watching, how the Eagles would attack opponents' weaknesses, take advantage of it, win the turnover battle, it's going to be one heck of a football game here at Lincoln Financial Field. But there's a lot of question marks, not just with the Eagles, but with all these teams in the playoffs, because I've said it before and I'll say it again, this has been one of the most unpredictable seasons I've seen across the board in the National yeah. Football League week mm -hmm. in and week out, both in the NFC and the AFC. Anything I mean, look at what happened happen. with the Cowboys and the Commanders Exactly. Today. If anything, that I, yes. honestly, the Cowboys were worrying me, I'd say even more so before the Christmas Eve loss, uh, right. as a playoff opponent for the Eagles. And now, after watching them against Washington, I'm like, okay, I'd much rather take them than the 49ers. Um, but looking at today's game, and I know you guys kind of touched on this in the first segment, Part of me wonders if they approach, if Sirianni and Steichen and really the entire offense approached this game almost as a preseason game because the play calling was vanilla. 
And I do wonder if maybe that played a role in the lack of scoring. They're protecting Jalen Hurts, the O-line issues and injuries, and Lane Johnson being out obviously hurts. But part of me feels like they were just doing it to protect them because they know it's ahead for the playoffs. I totally agree. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I, to, I totally I agree. I, I, think, I think the me. teams, when they approach a game, they know they knew they were going to win this game. They, they were going to lose this game to mm-hmm. Davis Webb. Uh, so I think it, it makes you play down a level. And the whole message was, Jalen, don't risk anything. Don't even get close to a defender. Go down, throw the ball out of bounds. We're not going to run you with RPOs, and you're going to carry the football. I they think took that, away his biggest asset. Right, and I think that translates down to the team saying, yeah. okay, we're just in this to survive. We're not in this to go hair on fire, win, and crush, and go into the playoffs with all this momentum. Right. <laughs> we're going to find out. feel about it. We're, we're going to find Seth out. Seth hates that. I, Seth, Seth is Seth literally can't stand laughing the fact that teams would right think now, like so. that. Yeah, because you, because you can't play the game with that type of mentality. I, I understand, I'm but sorry, Seth, they I'm do. Sorry, I'm sorry you can't. No, you can't, Mike. No, you can't. They, you can't, but they you do. You cannot play that way because you want to know something. It's all fun and games, you know, to somebody that takes your head off your shoulders, okay? so that's And that's what the game of football is about. That's the physicality of the game. So you can't afford to take anything or anybody for granted in any situation at any time. If you do, you know, then that's where you get hurt, and that's where you and that's where you lose football games. Plain I, and simple. I get it, but it happens time and time again in this league where lesser teams will upset somebody because they actually their mindset was we don't really have to work that hard in this mm-hmm. game. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this before uh, we run out of time on our diamond debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Uh, we kind of touched briefly on the potential AFC opponents that the Eagles would face should they make it to the Super Bowl. Of the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs, who worries you the most? Do the Eagles stand a chance against any of them? Sure they do. I think they beat the. I think they could beat the Bengals. I think they would be favored in that game. I'm not so sure they'd be favored Buffalo against Kansas Buffalo City. or Kansas City. I think I they. Know. I think they beat Buffalo and Cincinnati. I don't think they stand a chance. They don't stand a chance against Andy Reid, and I tell you why. I watched Kansas City yesterday, and Kansas City doesn't necessarily overwhelm you because they're so talented. There, Andy Reid is so so much smarter than the rest of the coaches in the National Football League that is not even funny, okay? Because he attacks your weaknesses. He attacks the things that he knows that you will do because you're technically and, and fundamentally unsound, okay? So he, he messes with your eyes with motion. So players, defensive players, everything is about your eye, eye discipline, what you're looking at. Because the things that you look at tells you what's going to happen right now. But you got guys moving all over the place and shifting all over the place, yeah. and your eyes become undisciplined because you can't stay locked and focused on the thing that you should be keying. And then you get caught up. And Are you Andy, talking about that like snow globe play they ran? All of that stuff. <laughs> that with, with, with all of it. Think about the shovel pass that Patrick Mahomes threw yesterday yeah. for a touchdown. Patrick he Mahomes does that every me. week, and me. nobody can stop it. Yeah. He, you know, you thought he was going to turn up and run. He just flicks it. You want to know why, D-Gun? Because the guy who caught the, be- the, part, the pass, his man decided to come off and go get the quarterback. Yes, exactly. Where, where if he just stays on his guy and the safety is the one that's free. See, this is where communication in the game of football is so vital. You got to talk about these situations and, 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 and the players and the coaches and everybody right, right. talk about situational football all the time. Okay? So if we find ourselves in that situation, and nine times out of ten, you're in man, and you got the safety over the top, okay? If we find ourselves in that situation, okay, you go get the quarterback, 
I'll stick on the man, or vice versa. But if you don't have those conversations, and Patrick Mahomes knows, he knows, oh, I look like I'm going to score. Here they come. Here they both come. Oh, here. Touchdown. Here's the thing that really got me earlier this season when I heard Travis Kelsey say, um, oh, yeah, there's certain plays we just we just talk about and do in practice a couple of times a week. It's not an Andy Reid playbook. It's stuff they create off of existing plays, and they work like a charm. Not many teams do that in the National Football League, and these guys love it because Andy Reid gives them the leeway to have input and creativity into what they do. You'll see them line up in a play – 10 times, and you'll see 10 different variations of the play that yeah. work well for them. You don't see a lot of teams that do that. That's what makes them so successful. Plus, you have a quarterback who doesn't scramble to run. He scrambles to buy time. And the more you let that man stand back there, the more you're going to allow him to find somebody else down the field. They take advantage of your undisciplined nature, and they take advantage of your lack of technical skills, and they take advantage you know, of your lack of of, um, of, of technique and fundamentals and they look at that and it, it's like when you get play away on play away the defensive end or the outside linebacker on the end of the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. he's not supposed to chase because there's a potential for plays coming back the other way and he's the last player left on that side for containment you know but when, when you're studying game film and you see every time they go away, he's crashing, he's crashing. He's, guess what they're going to do? They're coming back with some kind of jet Use sweep. It against you. Or they're going to run yeah. a bootleg or yeah. something. So they're, they're, they're looking at, but if you're technically and fundamentally sound, okay, and, and, and you play within the integrity of the defense and how it was designed, and your eye discipline is where it is, that's why Kansas City is so hard to beat because most teams aren't disciplined that way. Right, right. When I see linebackers lined up the wrong foot up and all that kind of nonsense, that tells me that the coaches are allowing them to do that. If they allow them to do that, what else are they allowed to get away with? Yeah. Well, B- Bottom line is, I, think, I agree with Seth, I think mm-hmm. they'd be a seven-point underdog against the Chiefs. I think they'd be a slight favor over the Bengals, and I think they'd be like a four-point three four three point four dog against the Bills. Bills. Yeah. 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 So, See, cause, yeah, cause, so cause, I think Cincinnati is the one team that you think they And Cincinnati yeah. is a dangerous team. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, yeah. Thing, the thing about the Chiefs is the Chiefs are kind of like the Colts when Peyton Manning was playing. They forced New England to switch the style of football that they played because they could score on every possession. You know, when they made the adjustment – and they went to spread, and Peyton started. When Peyton started to get it, and they started to throw it all over the place, they made New England get out of that three tight end set and get into a more spread offense. Why? Because they realized that the Colts could score on every single possession, and they had to keep pace. And you couldn't. They couldn't keep pace out of a three tight end set, so they had to spread the ball out. Get a slot guy like, you know, Wes Welker or whoever you had in there. You had to have back coming out of the backfield, and you had to have Grunk. There was a threat. They had no threats on the outside. So my, my point is with the Eagles, if they play Kansas City, Kansas City has the potential to score on every single possession, mm. which means that the Eagles are going to have to keep count, and they're going to have to keep up every single well, possession. So does, so does Buffalo and Cincinnati. Yeah, Those but, three teams have yeah, the but, capability but, but, to score on any possession. They do. They do. But Buffalo – I've watched Buffalo all season long. They've had times where they haven't looked all that dangerous. I agree. Cincinnati, I agree. the same thing. 
Kansas City struggled early in the season, but they're right right now. Yeah. And when they're yes. right, they're, they're dangerous because yes. they got a plethora of guys that not only that, that they can throw to, not only running backs out of the backfield, but tight ends, yes. wide receivers. Yes. You just don't know where it's going. All right. Well, if it comes down to it and the Eagles are want playing one of those AFC teams, it means they made it to the Super Bowl. So we hope that that actually comes to fruition. Uh, stick around. We're going to take a quick break. You just witnessed the uh, diamond debate presented by Mark Jewelers on the Pond La Hockey Post Game Show. Here's a quick message from our partners. Hey Philly, it's Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Be sure to follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram for your opportunity to win free Eagles home game tickets for the rest of the season. You heard that right. We're giving away free tickets all season long. And guess what? We're going to give away tickets to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So make sure you're following us. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. husband hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told him our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this. The easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, 
just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. All right, welcome back to the Pontland Hockey Eagles postgame show. Doing it live from Ocean Casino. You're watching us on 6ABC.com and Jacob Sports Network on YouTube. I'm Mike Bisnelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. All right, let's look at some numbers here. Let's look at Jalen Hurts. The most important thing is he survives, right? He gets out of the game where he didn't take a lot of hits. He bailed out quickly. He did the things that they obviously coached him to do all week. Don't put yourself at risk. Uh, interestingly enough, they wound up with a, almost a 50-50 split today, run pass. So let's look at his numbers. 20 for 35, 229. Not a great day. He got sacked three times. Um, he did not look like he had great arm strength. Now, did, 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 did I see something different than you guys? No, I, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, during the broadcast, the announcers were talking about he admitted he didn't throw. He started throwing the football until last Thursday, I mean airing it out. He was, short, he was throwing the short intermediate passes after that, but in terms of just airing it out to see what kind of discomfort he had in the shoulder, it didn't really happen until last Thursday. I'm going to attribute it to having two weeks off as ring rust, okay? Now, the one throw he made today where he threw it in like triple coverage and it turned out being an interception, that's not the Jalen Hurts we've been accustomed to watching, okay? So today was a day where you get, get those kinks out of there, you know, get that, get that rust off. Now you've got two weeks, two more weeks to really heal up, and you're going to have to air it out. Plain and simple, you're going to have to air it out and be Jalen Hurts in two weeks because now it's one and done. There's no more room for error. And we were the best team in the NFC. We have to defend our home turf, and the best way we defend our home turf is for you to play your game. So that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, Seth, here's the other part of it. Wink Martindale, I knew who I know you have great respect for fired the blitz on almost every play. I mean, it seemed like he was blitzing every play. So I assume that Jalen was told, 
don't, don't risk it. They're going to come after you, get rid of the ball quick. They really never could break guys loose, especially Devonta. They didn't really break him loose. They caught a, a big one to A.J. Brown. But what did you see with, with Jalen and, and how the Giants were defending him and how he was reacting? Well, they wanted to speed up his clock. You know, they knew that he hadn't played and that his timing and rhythm and all that stuff would be off. So, you know, like I, I feel like that's the way you play defense is you speed up a quarterback's clock and you make him feel under – you put him under pressure and you make him make bad decisions. You know, and they made Jalen throw some balls today that were really, really questionable. Like the interception, I'm like, what are you thinking about? Just throw the ball out of bounds, we'll kick, kick another field goal. But there's no reason to throw that ball there. When you're already out of the pocket, just throw it away. And normally, he doesn't make those types of mistakes. Um, there was another one that he threw up, in, and and even some of the sacks that he took. You know, I think that normally he would have tried to fight his way out of those sacks and try to make something happen. But that's what I'm talking about when you plug in a protectionism mindset into a player's head, you know, to make sure that you take care of yourself. Now. The desire to even try to get out of that situation isn't even there. I'd rather take the sack and go down where they can't fall on me and really hurt me than to, you know, try to make something happen. And and that's what I'm normally that's what I'm normally trying to do. My concern is, Mike, about this whole thing is in football you don't have the luxury to just turn it on when you want to turn it on. It just doesn't work that way. You know, everything is everything is habitual. The things that you do from week to week, day to day hour to hour, minute to minute, second to second, plays into how you approach the football game. And I just don't believe that you can just flip a switch and all of a sudden get back to the productivity level well, and doing the things yeah. the way that you were doing it when well, the offense was really, was really I, I clicking. I totally agree, and this leads to the next question. Can we expect them to now flip a switch? You would love to feel that your quarterback is, is back in sync, playing on all cylinders, playoff time, where are we now? It seems like we're in limbo looking at this team and this quarterback and this offense as they go into the playoffs. Do you feel that, or can you just wipe this away? I think the most accurate word you just said was limbo because we won't know until we watch this team play whoever their first opponent is. Whoever their first opponent is against the Eagles, think about this. I'm studying the Giants' defensive film to a T because the Giants stressed this Eagles' offense defensively with backups. Okay, Now, whoever the Eagles face are going to have much better personnel playing on their defense than the Giants' backup. We know it's a copycat league. If I'm a coordinator, I want to emulate some of the things the Giants were doing. It seems, now just based on today, and again, we take into consideration Jalen Hurts is coming off two weeks layoff. There was some rust involved here, so he's not as sharp as it was custom to seeing. But as a coordinator, I've got to go into their house. We know how explosive they are. What we, can we do to, to, to go with what Seth said? Speed up Jalen Hurts' clock and the offense's clock. The best way to do that is to attempt to get pressure on it. I'm at least going to test that theory for the first 15 minutes of the ball game to see if it works. If it works, you continue to do it until they take you out of it. If it doesn't work, then you go to game plan number two. My thing is, I'm curious to see how the Eagles coaching staff can can mask some of the things that they do. It, listen, they're going to have two weeks to prepare. And the preparation doesn't have to be for a specific opponent until you get to the week before the game. In that preparation, you've got time, you know, as a staff to kind of look at 
you know, the thing, look at yourself, you know, that self-evaluation. Every time that you get to, you know, you, you, a coaching staff always hopes that they can get it to about eight games before, you know, they, they, they take a bye week because that gives them an opportunity to go back and look at the eight games. The offense coordinator can pull out his call sheets and he can, and, and, and they can look at the data and understand, okay, what patterns are in here um, that's easily detectable by our opponents because they're studying our tendencies and our probabilities, you know, just like the data is here to, to show what it is that we do. So what can we change up? What little tweaks and changes can we make, you know, to how we call plays and routes that we run and defenses that we, that we run and how we disguise what we're in and whatnot? Because right now I just get the sense that, you know, teams have kind of figured out what to do with this offense. Especially, you know, if Jalen's not going to be a major threat running the ball, and even if you take him away. Like, D-Gun, you talked about how they took him away and made him stay in the pocket today. Well, guess what? He's going to have to learn how to operate from the pocket, especially, you know, if you're going to play zone. I've seen him do it before, so I don't have any concerns that he can do it. But you got a game plan, and you got to prepare, prepare him to have to stand in the pocket and read what he's seeing and go through his progressions again without feeling like, oh, i got to hurry up and get the ball out of so, my hand. So where would you start with the preparation? Seth Joyner's creating the preparation. What do you think is, is in the first week, the bye week, where you have time to work that out, where are you going with it? My first thing is i got to evaluate why is it we not, we're not establishing the run game early in, in, in games. Why is it that we're reverse engineering this thing where we come out and we throw, 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 and then, you know, when things don't work out the way we really want them to, then we go back to the running game. Because every single time that we get back to the running game, it opens up the rest of our offense. So why not start out that way and, 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 and look at the, the data and say, okay, we're going to attack your most obvious weaknesses, okay? We're going to attack them. And then we're going to put you on the defensive and make you make an adjustment and then we'll adjust off of what your adjustment is. That, that's the first thing that I'm doing. Three straight games against Poor's run defense, they throw the ball, Mike. That's a yeah. concern And the me. one good drive they had, it was a balance. It was, it six, was a balance. It was 6-6. Six, yeah. Six six. yeah, there yes. you go. Now, when you look at the final stats, it was a very balanced in terms of plays. I believe 35 yeah. past 34 runs. But early in the game, you come out 10 consecutive passes against this run defense playing a bunch of backups? Are you kidding you know, me? The only thing I can think about is they wanted to get him throwing the ball to get sharper. I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with because I agree. It seems ludicrous to do it that way. But I think maybe they said we got to get him back throwing the ball with it, timing and, and all that stuff. Maybe that's why they did it. Mike, but they've been doing it for the last three weeks in a row. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the more we cry for this coaching staff and this team to run the football, the more they thumb their nose at us like we're just going to run it. We're just going to throw it just because you're asking us to throw it, to, to run like it. That's the old Andy Reid mindset. We used to complain about Andy Reid doing that when he was here. We did. Yeah, we did. We, we wonder why Andy Reid wouldn't run the football, and he would pass, 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 pass. But yet he would be in five consecutive NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl, didn't win it. But And we're, now we're doing the same thing with Sirianni. But this is a different day and age in terms of the way the game is being played now. And I know it's a pass-happy league, but this is one of the few teams that can control a game on the ground, and they haven't taken advantage of that the last three weeks. All right, what did you, Seth, what did you think about their defense today? Um, the defense didn't look like, you know, it was just revved up. Like, 
Hassan Reddick, this dude is just like, he's like Pac-Man for sacks. And anytime, I mean, he's 120 miles an hour all the time. BG, 120 miles an hour all the time. I, I'm still, where was Hargrave and Linville Joseph and, and Dominican Sue and, and, and Fletcher Cox, you know, just silence. Um, you know, Darius Slay really concerns me because sometimes he doesn't even look like he's totally engaged. You know, and, and I don't know what it is. I, I do not know what it is. I don't know whether it's the passive play calling that has him off the ball, you know, and afraid to react and afraid to miss a tackle, or whether it's he would rather be up in the guy's face all the time where he can be more aggressive and get in the guy's hip pocket. I'm just not sure. But he does not look the, look like the same player over the last six, seven weeks as he looked like at the beginning of the season. That's scary to me because if I can see it and it's something that's perpetuated in film over time, I can promise you other, other offenses see it and they're going to come after him and they're going to challenge him in certain, in certain situations. Um, the continued belief in T.J. Edwards as a cover linebacker. It's almost like, you know, they just don't believe, you know, that this guy can't be beat. And he is, to me, a, a weak link in the passing game. I mean, can you imagine? They go dime. When they go dime, they take Kasir White off the field. And T.J. Edwards is left to cover the running back. Can you imagine T.J. Edwards on Christian McCaffrey? You didn't tell me you feel That's good about happen. that That's about that matchup? Yeah. And they run screens off of it. They're one of the best screen teams in the National Football League. You know, and they get those offensive linemen out there in front of them. I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm happy that the Eagles have gotten where, they, where they've gotten. You know, but our job is to, like, break this thing down, you know, and talk about the good things as well as, you know, talk about the flaws and the things that can prevent them from you know, having this season end up like we all want them to. We all want them to wind up in Arizona, and we all want them to walk away with, with the Super Bowl. That's just a fact. But we also have to realistically pay attention and look at this thing and ask ourselves, what are the, what are the pitfalls that could potentially trip this team up? You know, so that's really what we're doing as we analyze this, Mike. You know, yeah. and th those those are some of the things that are concerns for now, me. Now, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was back today. He, he, he flashed maybe like one play. He had, I think, six tackles. I today. thought he so played he, great. He was engaged. He, 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 he played okay? I thought, I thought okay. he played okay. great. All right, so we're, so we're good with, with him coming well, back. Yeah, and, and like I said, he's better suited to play on the back end than he is on the slot. It would be a luxury if you could put him down on the slot. You cannot afford to not have him on the back end of that defense when you look at who they could possibly be playing in the playoffs. As much as as much as I would like to see him be back at his natural position, that's just not feasible in this particular defense. Josiah Scott, he didn't play a bad game today. Well, I tell you what, when, he didn't play when, a bad game. When, when you don't hear a guy's name, yeah, when you don't hear a defensive guy's name, you know, in the secondary. You know, it works the opposite. When those yeah. guys up front, when you don't hear, you know, those guys' names, like where the hell yeah. was he all yeah. day today? Yeah. But when you don't hear a guy like Josiah Scott's name after all the heat that he's been under the last couple of weeks, that means, okay. you know, maybe he played a pretty solid game. I got to go back and watch it again. Yeah. But I never thought I'd say right. this. My biggest concern on this defense right now has to be Darius Slay. 
to be yeah. quite honest with you. He hasn't had an interception since that, that first Dallas game. You look at the way he's played in a lot of cases uh, over the last five, six, seven games. He has not played like the the, the shutdown corner yeah, we've been I mean, talking Seth, about much of the Seth season. Seth was concerned about it as well. Uh, uh, I'll just say one thing. Reed Blankenship, I, I didn't really study every play, but I, I didn't like the fact that he got trucked by a quarterback at the goal line. So uh, we'll continue because John McMullen, who covered the game uh, at Lincoln Financial Field, should have some really interesting views on where they are right now. It is the Pine La Hockey Eagles postgame show live from OSHA Casino, and we're back after this with McMullen. to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pondley Hockey. 
We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Welcome back to the uh, Pilot Hockey Eagles post-game show. And it is time to get the man's opinion, the man who covered the game for uh, Jacob Sports. Let's welcome in John McMullen uh, to the program now. All right, John, listen. Uh, the bottom line is they got the number one seed. They, they, got, they survived with, with Jalen Hurts. The flip side is they really didn't show they were playoff ready. What say you today? No, it wasn't good. I, I, there's not a lot of style points in this game. I mean, the Giants didn't play anybody. They didn't play any of their key players. So I think they were hopeful, you know, to put this one away early. And all of a sudden, the starters have to play the whole game. And you're kind of holding on at the end. Uh, you know, desperation onside kick. I don't want to overstate it. It was never like anyone felt the Giants had a chance to win this game. But... Considering who they played, it was a really disappointing effort. Now, that said, you know, Nick Sirianni admitted, look, Jalen Hurts is still hurting. He played through it essentially because they needed him to play through it. Um, they're able to get the win. Now he gets another week to rest this thing up. But uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, crisp performance. And you see this offense, guys. You see it struggle without the threat of, of Jalen Hurts pulling the football in, in the zone read. That, that is such a threat to the defense. And when you take it away, this offense just isn't the same. I, I, a bunch of people ask me, are they being vanilla on purpose? I mean, the Eagles' offense is pretty simple. So when you take the zone read part of it out, it looks simpler because it's simpler for the defense. And I think that was the issue. So as you move forward and you start looking at the divisional round, they need that part of the offense back in the offense or it's going to continue to struggle. John, it's something that piqued my ear that you just said that Sirianni, correct me if I'm wrong, Sirianni came out and said that Jalen is still hurting, correct? Yes. Okay, so he's still hurting. Then why would you come out and throw the ball the first 10 passes of the game? The th- first 10 plays of the game are pass plays. Instead of running the football against a defense, giving up 145 yards a game. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it is, um, when we're talking about Jalen Hurts' injury, I don't think throwing is the problem. I think contact is the problem. I think when he gets hit on the shoulder, when he gets banged on the shoulder, that's the problem. I don't think there's any restrictions to him throwing the football. Um, 
So from that standpoint, that's what the Eagles wanted him. They wanted him throwing the football from a clean pocket uh, and getting things done that way. Uh, it worked a little bit in the start of the game. It didn't work. Obviously, A.J. Brown had the big slant on the first offensive play. But, you know, the Giants are the Giants. And Wink Martindale's Wink Martindale. And they start bringing that pressure. Yep. You know, sometimes it gives and sometimes it takes away. The Eagles got the big shot. A.J. Brown down the field as well on the 50-50 ball. Um, but they started getting home a little bit as well. And all of a sudden, you don't have a clean pocket. Jack Driscoll's out there, yada, yada, yada. It's a bigger problem than it should have been. Um, it was just an ugly game uh, all around. But they got it done. And, and it's very important. It's more important than ever before to get that number one seed because yep. – when they went to 14 teams, obviously there's only one number one. There's only one buy. There's always only one number one. But now there's only one buy. So that's a huge advantage. John, you know, I, I, you know, we talked about this earlier, and I, I just felt like, you know, if he wasn't ready, then why put him out there? If you're gonna, if you're gonna put him out there, and they can't win without Gardner. No, I, I get, I get it. I, I get it. But you know what? At the same time, if you're gonna play him out there and protect him, you know, venture to say that you know, if the Giants play their starters, if this is a situation where they have to win, the brand of football that you know, that the game plan that they put together played right into Wink Martindale's you know hands, if you if you will. You want Jalen Hurts in the pocket. You want him to have to operate and play from the pocket under duress. And they were able to do that, you know, after those first couple of big plays that the Eagles made in the passing game. They were able to keep him in the pocket. They were able to confuse protection. They had a lot of free runners that came at Jalen today. And, um, you know, he took three sacks. You know, a lot of them, I, in my opinion, he didn't have to take them. You just get outside the pocket and throw it away. But he took three sacks and he threw a whole bunch of balls away. Um, in, in your mind, how did they just flip the switch in two weeks in a divisional game? Well, I, th I think the hope is he's healthier and you can bring what he does uh, back, everything as far as what he does back in the offense. Jalen himself admitted uh, that he was, you know, doing some things and was cognizant um, to make things a little bit safer for him. So he knew it. He understood it as well. And that's why you saw maybe more of willingness to slide on that one play where he took a sack. He slid really, really quickly. Uh, you mentioned he threw the football away a few times. He did that on purpose because he was fighting through this. So you know, I think the Eagles do a disservice to their players at times when they're not honest about injuries. And if you go all the way back to when he first suffered this injury, the Eagles were acting like, oh, he might be back the next week. He's a superhero when it, when it comes to healing. No, this was a serious injury. Um, this was a two- to three-week injury, and this was the third week. And he's still sore and he's still struggling to come back from it. And now, and I don't blame people, they're asking the questions of what the heck is wrong, thinking, oh, he should be fine, he should be fine, he should be fine. Well, that's because the Eagles spread that disinformation. He's not fine. And all of a sudden they show up and Nick Sirianni, the head coach, is now saying, oh, he's hurting. 
and Jalen Hurts is admitting, oh, I'm hurt. Um, but they felt they needed him for this game. They did need him for this game. They managed to get the win. They get they got out of there. Now they have the extra week. Hopefully that helps. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, though, when the divisional round comes. John, uh, and see, this is the thing, I think, that is uh, freaking out Eagle fans and, and us right here because there's a fine line here between thinking in two weeks they can get back to perfect and the, the, to, uh, the other side of that line is, well, maybe, they're, maybe they can't because he's still not 100% and he's still going to be feeling his way. What side of the line are you on right now? Well, uh, I'm, I'm on the side that he's got for the Eagles to be what, the, what fans think of the Eagles. This explosive offense, you have to have the threat of him running the football in the equation um, because that's what makes things difficult for the opposing defense. So when he's not going to pull the football and the defense figures it out, it becomes much easier to deal with the offense. Now, if they have to rely on him as a pocket passer, he's still their best alternative by a wide margin. But you've got to go about things a little bit differently. Where I disagree with some of the critics, you know, and maybe you go back to 2017 and the shift from Carson Wentz to Nick Foles and the Eagles kind of remade the offense. That's rare. You don't remake offenses in week 18 so you know to expect them to turn into bill walsh in the west coast offense or expect them to turn into the houston oilers and use the i formation that's silly uh, that's not what they do that's not what they practice that's not what they practice all year so you sort of have to make do that's what the nfl is about it's about attrition the good news is a lot of guys around this league are banged up in every other playoff team. The Eagles have some banged up players. The good news is he's going to play through it. The good news is Lane Johnson's going to try to play through his injury. The good news is C.J. Gardner-Johnson was back and played through his injury and looked pretty good. So this team is getting healthier, and if you want optimism, that's, that's sort of what I'd hang my hat on. John, a topic that has been discussed in our Sports Take show throughout the course of this week and, of course, on the pregame show earlier today. Would you consider moving C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the slot, or do you leave him where he is and just go with Josiah Scott where he is? Yeah, that, the Eagles actually did that. I don't know if people noticed, uh, but the Eagles used C.J. in the Avante Maddox role that they were using Avante for that final game and a half before he got hurt. So on base downs, when they had the base defense, C.J. was playing safety, his normal position. When they needed a nickel corner, they were playing C.J. at nickel corner, and Reed Blankenship was rotating in safety. So that seems to be the way they're going to go without Avante Maddox. So it's kind of a decision of Josiah Scott or Reed Blankenship, to be honest. You can keep C.J. at safety play Josiah Scott in the nickel, or you can do what the Eagles did today. That keeps C.J. on the field for the entire game. Um, it gives him uh, an impact on both positions. He can handle it. He's played slot corner for a long time with the Saints, and they think Reed has played a little bit better than Josiah. 
John, I'm a little more concerned about um, Darius Slay than I am, you know, what's going on at the safety or the slot corner position. He just doesn't look right, and he hadn't looked right for a long time. Yeah, he's had, um, I would say his first half was lights out, and his second half of the season, a um, little bit of a regression to the mean. Still a very good corner. He had a chance at a pick six today that went right through his hands. The Galladay touchdown, yeah, that's a great catch. I mean, that wasn't terrible coverage, um, and that's just a tremendous catch. Um, so sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other guy. But, um, yeah, I would agree that Slay hasn't played up to his standard over the past six or seven games. But even when he's not playing at sort of an all-pro level, he's still one of the best cornerbacks in this league. So generally he's not somebody I worry about. And Bradbury continues to play at a tremendous level. I don't I don't take too much of the defense in this game because Davis Webb is so limited. Such I mean, he didn't belong out there. So I, I, I don't take away much of the good uh, at all, to be honest, because this wasn't a challenge. And I know people are gonna look at the final score and say it was too close, and it probably was too close, but I also think there's a human nature aspect to it. The Eagles saw who they were trotting out there. I mean, they didn't play anybody. Like I said, they didn't play anybody. And there's there's a little bit of human nature to, to breathe out a sigh of relief. And it was an ugly win. But, you know, Nick, one of the first things Nick said is, you don't get style points. And he's right about that. Man, I hate it when you agree with Mike Missanelli. I just, I just, I just. I just see it in a completely different way because my mindset is if I'm varsity and I get a chance to play against JV, I'm I'm padding my stats. I'm not coming in thinking that, oh, you know, I can take it easy because I got lesser. No, I got an opportunity to really dominate and dominate in a massive way so that the rest of the second half we can let, you know, the AYOs play and we can go sit well, yeah. and, and take I mean, our shoulder pads my, off. That's my biggest criticism is the starters played this whole game. And there's no way. It was 19 nothing, And yeah. Marcus Epps dropped an easy interception. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the Slay. He dropped a potential pick six. TJ was a little bit tougher, but TJ had both his hands on a football. They could have had three interceptions, and this game would have been probably 30 to nothing, and everybody would have sat. So, yeah, I mean, the defense left some plays out there. They should have intercepted him, and who knows? You know, one or two of those, you just make simple plays, and uh, Davis Webb probably falls apart. Um, but they didn't do it. Uh, but they also didn't give up big plays. They didn't give up uh, terrible things as well. So you put both parts of that in, in the equation. And it really, the one offensive play, I said, wow, that was a good play by the Giants, was the, was the Galladay catch. That was a, that was a great catch. John, listen, thank you so much for hanging around and, and talking to us. I know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. This, and I know it's fan base, and this fan base is going to now be in a little bit of a limbo doubt type of situation where they weren't before because of this. It might be fair, might not be fair, but I think that's what we're going to, we're going to have now for the next two weeks, fret until we actually get to the game. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. John Take McMullen care, covering the game. 
for Jacob Sports. Uh, Seth, I, I will say this. If we get to a break. I don't think they intentionally go out to play lesser than. I think subconsciously it, it, the mindset figures in that we're, we're gonna, we can't possibly lose this game because they're playing second-teamers. And, and it's a trap, I think, psychologically for players. And he's, like, he's seen a lot of games. We've all seen a lot of games. And it happens in the NFL when you least expect it. It's a trap when you think you're better than the other team and all you have to do is show up. It's a trap because psychologically and mentally you go through your week of preparation and allow yourself to be lulled to sleep to believe that nonsense, okay? There's only 1,696 players in the entire league, okay? So if you think for one second, one iota, that there's a team in the NFL that just stinks, think about the Texans game. We rolled down there thinking we was just gonna steamroll them. Pierce ran all over our defense, okay? And they kept the game close. We did come out with the win. But, but to my point, if you wanna take the worst team in in, in, in the National Football League, you know, th there's not a team that has zero wins this year. Well, but that's my point. They think that way because of what you just said. They know that team is inferior. That's a fallacy, man, because you know what? <laughs> right. Listen, listen. Practice the way that you want to play, okay? I've been around football a long time, man. I've been playing football ever since I was nine years old. And the thing that I know, and I had to learn the hard way, is that every time you step on that field for practice, you either get better or you get worse. There is no in-between. Did you lose the lousier teams when you played? Oh, absolutely. Okay, why? Absolutely. Well, did, you take, did you ever think your team took somebody lightly? No, I don't think we ever took anybody lightly. I just think teams have the ability to play, to raise their level of play, especially, you know, like take our defense, for, 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 for example, okay? Our defense, you know, throughout a three, four-year window was a vaunted defense. So we were a barometer. We were the barometer for the Dallas Cowboys. You understand, when they figured out that they could beat us, they knew that they, when that offense got to a point where they could handle us, they knew that they could win a Super Bowl. Until that point in time, they knew that they could not win a Super Bowl. Okay, So we were the barometer. My point is, is that as you prepare throughout the week, okay, a coach can look at his team and know whether his players have prepared and know whether they play that whether they practice hard enough throughout the week to enter a game on Sunday and be ready to get the job done. A coach knows, okay? And when they get to a game on Sunday and know because as a player you want to know something? I've been in situations before where I haven't prepared to the best of my ability. I've been in situations where I'm standing there hoping that I'm guessing right instead of knowing what's going on. And I made a promise to myself that I would never put myself in that situation ever again. So to me, it's all about preparation. It's all about preparation. It's all about a good head coach telling his players, don't take this team lightly. I can see the way that you're practicing, and we, this ain't good enough. So guess what? I'm going to blow the whistle. We're going to go back and we're going to stretch again, and we're going to start practice all over again until you guys decide that you want to play and practice at the level that's going to take to win the football game. You can't just let it go because if you practice like crap, I promise you, you will play like crap. All right. We're coming back. The uh, Pond of Hockey Eagles postgame show has the drive of the game. Game balls. We have a game ball today. Can we give anybody a game, game ball? Uh, game balls. Uh, we're back after this. Devin Caney joining us after this. <laughs> 
My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather, the team you trust. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back to the Pondland Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney, and it is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group Drive of the Game. GoJeffAuto.com. Uh, guys, this segment is always interesting because, you know, earlier in the season, I felt like there were almost too many drives for us to choose from. And recently, whenever I have to intro this one, it's like, I who do I call on first? Because there's only, like, one drive to pick. And D-Gun, I'm going to fulfill your wishes because while we were watching the game, you turned to me and you were like... Please come to me first. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Right? You know and what? You know what? I'm nice and out of the kindness of my heart. I'm going to go to you first, Egan. You know why? Because we're probably all agree on the same drive. So, <laughs> wait, wait, you cheated, notes, man. Yeah. <laughs> you you grandstand at me? Is that what you did? You, hey, you, you, I got you before you got me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't think of anything other than the 12 play 80 yard drive that consumes 627 on the clock and Boston Scott punches it in from the eight yard line. I mean, when you look at the overall game, this was an ugly game and that was one of the few bright spots of this game yeah. other than the team clinching the number one seat. Okay, Mr. Joyner, that is my drive <laughs> of the game. I just want to say on that drive, I loved that they fed Boston Scott, like Nick Sirianni, the king of pandering. He knows what gets the fans going. He knows that we all want Boston Scott. I think I had money. Everyone had a bet on a Boston Scott anytime touchdown. So uh, I'm glad that he did that early on in this game because the last time they played the Giants, that was like a garbage time touchdown yep. for the Eagles. So, Seth. Uh, you go ahead, Seth. <laughs> I Sorry, think, Mike's trying to get that. Since you grandstanded me. You know, you know, you know, the, you know the drive again. You're wrong for that. I'll make you it wrong. up to you in the playoffs, Mike, I promise. <laughs> You're you wrong for that, Seth. You know the, the drive of the game was? What? <laughs> when the when the fans left the stadium today. <laughs> that's the drive of the game. Because <laughs> mine's the same as yours, so that's the best I can come up with. Go ahead, Mike. Mr. No, Mr. Mr. Missinelli. It's the same drive. Now, I, I, I would point out that there were only – two passing plays of significance in that drive. One was a short pass to Goddard for on a third down, and of course was the big play to AJ. But it was a steady diet of runs until he got down there, and yeah. then they finished it off with a run. So if we're looking at yeah, it looks like they, they, it was even with six and six, but in reality, there were only two pass plays of significance. They really ran the ball to get down to score that touchdown. Yeah. So yeah, that's the drive of the game. Well, when it comes to running and throwing the ball, you know, I do think Jalen Hurts wasn't super sharp today, but I think that's also to be expected when you're coming off of an injury and he's been out for several weeks. Uh, I saw a lot of people worried, complaining about the lack of running the ball. I know you were kind of concerned about Miles Sanders, maybe not looking totally right. He was wearing a brace, was it, this week, last week, uh, maybe not totally 100% healthy. Is that a concern for you guys? No, because I think he had the brace on last week. I, th I thought it was precautionary. Mm. Um, I saw him early in the week without the brace on in practice. And then he shows up today in the game without the brace on. Now, if it's serious enough for him to have to wear a brace last week in the game, then I would assume that it would be serious enough for him to be going to have to wear it right. in practice right. and also wear it in the game today. True. And he didn't have it on. So, to me, you know, so Where, you, didn't, you didn't think it affected his play today? No, I just don't think that. Listen, Miles, if you go back and you look the last couple of weeks, Miles is averaging right around 10, 10 11 carries a game. Mm -hmm. He had 10 today. Boston Scott had nine today. Kenneth Gainwell had five. You know, yeah, they had 34, 34 um, um, you know, Russian carries. Tips, yeah. But, you know, Jalen had nine. So you take that away, that's 25. And I don't know how many of those that Jalen had, how many of those nine were actually pass plays where he was forced to vacate the pocket, you know, and, and run with the football. But 
I just don't feel like, you know, it's there. I, I get the sense that the, the run game is an afterthought with the, for this football team. I really think that they really buy into, you know, we're going to throw the ball early and get a lead, and then once we get a lead, we're going to run the ball to run, run the clock out and, you know, to, and get in our four-minute offense. But the problem is they haven't been really efficient the last three weeks at throwing the ball on first and second down. And when they don't at least win on first or second down, you know, then they get into problems as far as the third down situation is concerned. Right. Because now you're trying to convert third and seven to seven to twelve. Well, guess what? A good smart defense coordinator is going to speed up your quarterback and make him take the short pass on third and long and make the tackle for for three yards and make you punt the football. Right. So you have to. They've got to be better on first and second down as far as their play calling and. And getting themselves into third and manageable situations. You know, it's funny. They started the game with the bang play that always worked. And that was the slant to A.J. Brown, which which got 35 yards on that first down. And then they they kept they, they, they passed the ball five more times until they get they stalled down and they get the field goal but, but from Elliott. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that play hurt them a little bit. And they say, okay, that's available all game. So, we're going to throw it short with him. We're going to bust that slant. But they kind of never went back to that slant. Yeah. Did they not go back to it, or did the Giants take it away? Maybe they took it away. You know, you know what I mean? You, you, we don't know until we watch, rewatch the game again, but you're right. Uh, the game plan for me for the last three weeks make no sense with this team. You know, I, I, I'm confused. And every time you, we sit and, and analyze and try to predict what we think they should do, they come out and do something completely opposite. So you've got two weeks to decide who you are and what you want to be. And, and what do you what do you get back to that makes you that dominant offense that you were for much of the season um, leading up to that Dallas rematch? That's what this team needs to do to get to where they want to go. I'm also looking for the creativity and, you know, and, and plays off of that. Yeah. We know that the slant is their bread and butter because most cornerbacks aren't big enough to stop A.J. Brown from getting that ball. Once right, he gets you right. on his back. Right. It's too late, you know. So I'm waiting to find out what – give me something off of that, okay? We've seen a pick six off of that same slant last week. What is your adjustment to the slant to A.J. Brown? You know, now if you're going to play off and outside technique, you can have that all day long. That's like me right. – that, that's like me in, in, in my backyard playing catch with my son all day long. They, they can have that, Okay. But there's going to come a point in times where the cornerback is going to get up and challenge AJ. And what do you have off of that? What's your alternative to that to that play? Because everyone knows that that's a staple. That's a bread and butter play within this offense. Mm. All right. Well, we are going to give out some game balls coming up after this quick message from our uh, sponsors. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Hey, Philly, it's Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Be sure to follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram for your opportunity to win 
free Eagles home game tickets for the rest of the season. You heard that right. We're giving away free tickets all season long. And guess what? We're going to give away tickets to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So make sure you're following us. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Welcome back to the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. It's time for Game Balls presented by Colony Pools. Flywithcolony.com. Uh, Mikey Miz, your game no, no, ball is just trying to run I away got, from you. I got to tell tales out of somebody school. Somebody did think... to the tag. What did you do, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. My tag's all messed up. But, but See, so we tried to do this smoothly this week, and I don't think we pulled it off. Well, because we normally did. Our, we our, our producer, Joe Krause. My, my ball's fine. Yeah, we, we, no, 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 our balls are fine. I don't even have but, but one. But the so. object was that we had the balls hot, hidden right here between our legs. Yeah. Right, right. Until we could have a smooth transition. Yeah. Supposed to give away of having our producer secrets, Joe man. Krause yeah, be on you, camera. Why are you giving behind, away because, behind because the scenes? Because everybody saw it. His back is... Because his, we every, we've spent, back. what, 18 weeks watching our producer come onto the set and place the game balls. And we <laughs> just <laughs> figured out look, in week look, 18. We still didn't pull it out. That is a picture. underneath the desk. Look, that's a picture in picture. Nobody saw all that little oh, really? picture up there but us. Oh, <laughs> that was picture in picture? Plus, oh, okay. I, I, I thought that that part was on the camera. Plus, look, he's a CEO. He can make uh, as many uh, camera well, appearances well, as then, he wants. If it wasn't on the camera, I just gave you something that you probably didn't know or didn't care about. Some, some so, BTS, some behind so the, the scenes. Little so that was my bad. Behind so the it turned out to be a oh, smooth geez. transition anyway. Yeah. Well, but then the your ball, ball tried to run away for All right, My, my game ball, who am I giving yeah. it to? I'm going to give it. To the freaking kicker. <laughs> Jake kicker. Elliott, he did. Jake Elliott had a Jake day. Jake Elliott, he had a, he had a yeah. day. They he got did have a day. Yeah, he, he was like 90% of the Eagles goal. offense today. I would never, ever give it to a kicker. But my man accounted for a lot of points today for them. So he did. That is okay. a great Jake, Jake the snake right. gets it. Okay. I like it. D-Gun, what about you? I'm going to give it to the giant killer, Boston Scott. Uh, 17 career touchdowns. 10 have come against the New York Giants. He had nine carries for 54 yards. Got a touchdown against the Giants today. He doesn't get a lot of accolades because he doesn't get a lot of touches. Mm -hmm. Today he gets to touch the game ball, Boston Scott. Love it. All right, Seth Joyner. Six yards to carry. I'm on that train, D-Gun. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said while we were watching the game, sometimes I get the sense when we play the Giants that, you know, they need to just give Miles Sanders the week off and roll Boston Scott out because – he just flat out plays out of his mind yes. against the New York Giants. I don't know what it is. Mm. All right. Uh, so I know after this, I usually ask who you would take a game ball away from. I want to kind of change it up since we are at the end of the regular season now. So for the entire Eagles regular season, the past 18 weeks of NFL football, I, I guess minus the bye week, uh, if you could take away a regular season game ball from a player, a coach, someone on the Eagles, or maybe someone you just want to see improve before they head into the postseason. Who would it be? Who wants to go first? Volunteers. What? If you could take away a game ball? Like, who needs the most improvement going into the playoffs? I'm Darius Slay. I'm going Slay. Okay. We've no, been that's a good one. We've been talking about Slay well. for a long time. I don't know what it is. Not to say he's been playing atrocious, but he has not played like the guy we watched for the first eight, seven, yeah. eight games this season. Darius Slay has to pick his game up. In the next, the next season, no question about it. Yeah, it, I think his last pick was in what, like mid October. Oh, it was against Maybe the Dallas Cowboys. That. Yeah, think about the, it. that was yeah, week five. Round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? Listen, I, I think that um, 
I know that this offense is predicated on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. But I think Quez Watkins is a guy ooh, who could really make a difference in that number three spot. Because with his speed and his ability to make plays down the field, I, it just like blows my mind why you don't see him do that. Today, they threw a deep ball to A.J. Brown. Yeah. And I'm watching A.J. run, and I'm like, you know, he's a, he's a little bit better than a possession receiver. But he doesn't have the speed to just run away from many DBs. A lot of times what A.J. is going to do is give you a double move or do something to, to, to throw you off and then get by you. But Quez has the ability to just run right by you. And I don't understand why they don't utilize him that way. You know, and then, you know, you go back to the Dallas games, the two balls that he got outcompeted yeah. for, that's problematic. I, I just feel like, you know, they're losing a lot in that position. And although, you know, you look at A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown got 10 targets today, more than any other wide receiver. Nine times out of 10, he averages more touches or more targets than any other receiver across the board. Devontae had eight. He caught seven of the year. A.J. Brown only caught four of the ten that he got. Quez Watkins got two, got four targets, and he caught, he caught two. But my thing is, he's going to always be the guy that gets the one-on-one -on -one coverage because they're going to try to take away A.J. Brown and either Dallas Goddard or A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, which means that he's going to be freed up. Okay, he should be licking his chops and winning across the board, and I don't see it. And at, at some point in time, you know, they've either got to find somebody else to do it or go draft another guy. You know, but the, I don't want I don't want Nick Sirianni to come on and say, "Oh, Quez is doing a great job." Come on, man, no, he's not. No, he's not. Well, I think everyone expects a lot more from a guy who runs a four-three forty and who's flashed that he could take the top off the defense and and. They talk about explosive plays, but we haven't seen – we've seen one explosive play out of Quez this year. One. I, I agree with both of your assessments on Slay and, and Quez Watkins. But, I, Devin, I can't I, – I have to take a game ball away from Blankenship to, 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 today. Today, I just, yeah. I, I can't, he, he I, got I, wrecked I, by She said for the season, Mike. I can't, she said for the season. Like, it's sticking in my – oh I, I, I can't see a safety – You're a vendetta guy, aren't you? a quarterback. Especially you, Seth. How could you see that play and, and not blanch at it? He's such well, a vendetta guy. No, it's one for, play. The last, for the last three weeks, he's been like, I mean, I, I have my violin out during the game. I, uh, he's like, oh, read blanket shit. And I'm like, I, I, and now I, all of a sudden you want to cut the guy well, up because he had one bad game. threw me a curveball because normally she says take a game ball. And I had, oh, you were ready. I, you were ready right, to take I, it I away I had blankenship in my scope, okay. and then she changed it the whole season. I'm sorry. Okay, so, so him for the game, right. if you had to pick someone for the whole season who you want to see improve going into the postseason. Slay. Slay. Yeah, okay. definitely yeah. be slow. Love it. All right, that yeah. does it for our uh, game balls presented by Colony Pools. Flywithcolony.com. Stick around because the Pond the Hockey Post Game Show is coming back after this break. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Action News, celebrating 50 years with AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
All right, welcome back to the Pine Hockey Eagles post-game show. We're going to give a, a shout-out to our friends at, at DryTech. You know, DryTech usually sponsors our segment with Lane Johnson. Of course, Lane a uh, little injured right now. Hopefully we'll get him back for the playoffs. But the folks at DryTech, if you've got a basement problem, waterproofing, you, you, you're in need. These are the, They fix me up. I'm telling you, I would highly recommend DryTech waterproofing if you've got a basement water uh, uh, problem. Uh, all right, so let's, let's look at where we stand now. Of course, the Eagles win today 22-16. They are the number one seed, which means they sit in a bye week and wait for things to happen. Now, as, as far as we can project right now, it looks like Green Bay could win that game. They're leading right now. So right now they would get the seven seed, and they would go to the 49ers. The six-seeded Giants would go to the three-seeded Vikings, and the Dallas Cowboys would go to Tampa Bay. Interestingly enough, the Vikings are a three-point favorite, and the Cowboys are only a three-point favorite. So to project to the next level, the, you're looking for the lowest seed to play in the first playoff game if you're the Eagles. If you go by chalk, that would be the Cowboys. However, I want to see how you guys feel about the Giants possibly upsetting that topsy-turvy Vikings team. I think that's a distinct possibility based on the way the Vikings play defense. Ed Donatel's zone defense keeps that offense stressed more than it should. Brian Dable likes to run a controlled offense. He doesn't ask Daniel Jones to do a lot of extravagant things, just do things consistently. With Saquon running the ball the way he's been running the ball this season, and Daniel Jones in the intermediate game has been very efficient in terms of the quick slant passes uh, to his wide receiver. A collection of wide receivers outside you know, of, of uh, the, the, his top receiver who are a bunch of no-names. I think the Giants, especially in that dome, could take down the Vikings. And that would mean, of course, that the Giants would then come to Lincoln Financial Field Why for that, are you making for that first playoff right game. Who? You. Me? Yeah. You because just, he's looking you at him. I, and I immediately agree. turned to Seth and stared because, him down. Because Mike was talking to Seth and I wanted to get out of the way. Okay. Hey, listen. Okay. Not, I wasn't sure if okay. you were trying to prove uh, a point or not. Mike, by the way, I, I have no problem with that scenario. I really don't. Um, I'd love to see the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys beat up on each other um, and then us get them in the NFC Championship game. But I think that Minnesota-New York game will come down to Wink Martindale and the pressure that he applies to Kirk Cousins. We understand who and what Kirk Cousins is. You know, if you can put him under duress, if they can figure out a way, like the Eagles did, of getting Justin Jefferson under control and yet applying enough pressure to Kirk Cousins to force him to make some mistakes, then I give the Giants a very good chance of winning that football game. I really do. And you would like to see that happen? The, the oh, Giants I, would be an easier opponent than the Cowboys? Much, I would much rather play the Giants again, you know, here at the link than to have to face the Cowboys in that round. Because I, I, I want the Cowboys and the 49ers to – very physical football teams to beat up on each other and then have to get on the plane and, and, and come to the city of brotherly love and, you know, us beat them over the head with a couple of cheesesteaks and taste the cakes. <laughs> All right, so that's where we sit with the NFC. Now, in the AFC, the Chiefs get the number one seed. The seven-seeded Dolphins would go to the Bills as the second seed. Ravens at the three, Bengals and, and Chargers at the Jags. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that first round. I think the Ravens are one and done. Lamar Jackson has not played since December 4th. Baltimore, in his absence, has averaged 12.3 points a game. That's not good enough. And there's a lot of concern about whether or not he's going to be available for the playoffs. 
Uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson has a chance to upset a lot of apple carts. Without him, they're out in a hurry. All right. So uh, let's, let's just be So honest. if you look in chalk, you're going Bills, Bengals, Chargers, Jags, though, Seth. I, I just, I'm not even concerned with them. The, the, <laughs> the AFC really comes down to the Buffalo Bills against, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And the only, the on only a, other, on a neutral the, the, field, the, the, the only other team that can upset those combinations is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, which they the, did last year. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs can't beat Cincinnati. They've lost to them like three, four times in a row. Three. Yeah. Okay, um, and Buffalo has not looked like the offensive juggernaut the second half of the season as they did, you know, in, in the beginning of the season. You know, Josh Allen hasn't been, you know just off the charts great over the last five, six, seven weeks. But I honestly believe that it's going to come down to, you know, those three teams, one of those three teams. Everybody else, they're just happy to be in, happy to get, you know, one more check, and then they can all go fishing because that's what it's going to come down to. One of those three teams, and, and, and more likely than not, it's probably going to come down to, you know, Kansas City being the team that goes to the Super Bowl. They got the home field advantage. All right, so here's the bottom line as we wrap this thing up. For the next two weeks, we're going to be fretting whether the Eagles can get back to being the complete team that we saw, especially offensively with the quarterback still being a little weakened. So as we go out, guys, are giving you all your opinion. Derek, how are you feeling about that? They, 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 do they get back to perfect in that first playoff game? Um, you're going to face a team that's going to have a game under its belt. You're going to have two weeks off. They have two weeks to figure a lot of things out. I feel good about the fact that they're at home. That's, that's the most important thing. They're at home, and they're going to be well-rested playing a team that's going to be healing up from bumps and bruises. So I'm going to say, that, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now because that has not been the case the last three weeks, that Sirianni and Steichen are going to sit, in that, sit down and look at all the film and get this thing figured out. Seth? Listen, I've said all year long, you know, there's been times where I didn't like what this coaching staff has done, but there's also been times where I felt like they did an excellent job of making adjustments. Um, this is really where the rubber meets the road because everything that you've done so far is to get you to this point in time to get you the best position in the tournament, and that's what they've, that's what they've done for themselves. Now, can Sirianni take it another level with his team you know, teetering between playing good and playing average right now, can you figure out a way to get them, you know, to where they're peaking again? You know, it's been it's been said that, you know, the Eagles maybe peaked too early, you know, but can you, as an organization, as a coaching staff, can you figure out a way to get these guys playing at a level that they were playing at earlier where they looked invincible and they looked unstoppable because they're going to need to get there. They're going to need to get there to win it all. They might not need it all. They're not, they might not need that to, to get to the Super Bowl. But if they get to the Super Bowl, they're going to need that. That perfect game, that they, that all-elusive perfect game that they've been chasing all year long, that Jalen Hurts, we still haven't played our best game yet. We still haven't played that perfect game. They still haven't. And we just finished up week 18, and we still haven't seen it. When is it going to come? Because uh, they're, going, they're going to need it somewhere in those two weeks in order for them to get to where they want to get to. Devin, 
take us out on an optimistic note. Oh, I, I sure will. I am, I, I am feeling the way I started this season, and that is cautiously optimistic. Will they be perfect? No, but they never were perfect. Uh, I think Lane Johnson won't be playing 100% healthy. I don't even know if Jalen Hurts will be 100% healthy by the time the Eagles get to play in the playoffs in two weeks. But they have Dallas Goddard back. CJ Garner-Johnson is back. Don't know about Avante Maddox, but I do think that this team kind of went through their second slump in the season at the right time, which sounds crazy to say because it's the end of the regular season. But they have the bye week. They got that home field advantage. I do think that they're going to use this time wisely and make adjustments, as Seth mentioned, and come out strong like the team that we saw against the Titans, against the Giants the first time around, against the Cowboys the first time around, against the Vikings. So, no, I'm, I'm confident right. in this team. All right, that'll wrap it up for us. It's, uh, I found the, the fine smell of a fine cigar, Seth. Smell that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I smell that, actually. I <laughs> saw the guy when he was <laughs> really? walking way over there. It smells pretty good, that aroma. And, and I <laughs> tracked him all the way over there. <laughs> He's standing really? right there. I'm feeling a cigar right now, but uh, hopefully we're feeling the Eagles winning that first-round <laughs> playoff game. So, for Derek Hunt, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney, I'm Mike Masnelli. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. We'll see you in two weeks. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... I know it's not easy, but they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. 